Good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? Good? It's good to see each of you here. And if you're our guest, once again, I know you heard us say it earlier in the service, but welcome. We are excited that you're here. If this is your first time here at NCC or if you're watching later um, this week online, welcome to New Community Church. My name is Aaron and I am the lead pastor here at NCC and we're glad that you're with us. And once again, if, if you've just been coming the past few weeks and I haven't really got a chance to connect with you or to talk a lot, we would love for you to stay right after this service for Connect Lunch. And we'll move a lot of these chairs and we'll set out some tables that'll be right here in this room. But I want to get to know you a little bit more. And then we want to share just the heart of our church and how you get, can get connected and a little bit more about New Community Church. So if you're able to, please stay um, after this service. We would love to host you for our Connect Lunch. And we are kicking off a brand new series today called Jesus Above. And every summer we walk through a book of the Bible and we really just focus in on one book um, because we want to get kind of the context and see the big picture of what God is saying in that one book. And so this summer we're doing the book of Hebrews. We're walking through the book of Hebrews together. And as we mentioned, we have a Bible reading plan and we have some great things. And I'm excited about the, this book. There's so much if you've ever read the book of Hebrews, there's so much great content in there. And I love it because not only does it speak, you know, to that spiritual aspect of our life, but it's also very practical. And that's what we want in this series. We want to be able to take God's word and walk this out and apply it in our own lives. And so we have ways that we're going to be doing that. We're going to be talking about those things. One of them is Sabbath Sunday that's coming up. And so on July 8th, you may have heard us talk about it, Sabbath Sunday, we are not having a regular Sunday morning worship service, but we're going to be practicing Sabbath together. And if you're scratching your head saying, what is Sabbath? We'll come next week on July 1st, next Sunday, you're not going to want to miss because we're going to talk about this ancient practice of Sabbath and what it means for our life and the importance still today that we practice this in our life. And so we're going to talk about that next week. And then on July 8th, we're all going to practice that together. And we're going to take that Sunday and really practice Sabbath. And so you're not going to want to miss um, July 1st whenever we talk about that. And so I'm excited about what God is going to speak to us through this series and what he wants to, what he wants to say. And so today we're kicking off with this idea, this first kind of theme that we see in the book of Hebrews, Jesus above everyone. Jesus above everyone. And I was thinking about this title and thinking, how can I make it more creative? Um, I don't know if anyone else is in the room, but I am a giant Marvel fan, okay? Do we have any Marvel Avengers fans or anyone, okay? Not going to give away any spoilers, so don't start to panic, okay, if you haven't seen the movies. Not going to give anything away, but I love Marvel. I love the Avengers. I love all of the movies they've made. Matter of fact, I was looking. They've made 25 movies. I've seen all of them, I think, on opening weekend. Own all of the ones that you can own on iTunes, okay, because I'm a giant fan of Marvel. I love the superheroes. I love the villains that they fight. I love kind of how they do those extraordinary things and they show up on the day of. Um, I got booed for this last service, but one of my favorite Avengers is Iron Man, okay? And if you're a Captain America fan, I apologize, okay? There's kind of that rivalry there, but I love, um, I love Iron Man. Just He's a little cocky. He's a little arrogant if you've watched those, right? Probably thinks he's the best Avenger, um, but he just, I love his technology. He's not really a superhero. He just has a lot of money and a lot of technology, okay? And that's how he comes in and saves the day. But, but as I was thinking about this, just idea and superheroes and what we're talking about today, my other kind of title, if you will, is even Iron Man wants to be like Jesus. 
Because I was thinking about this and what we're about to read in the book of Hebrews and how Jesus, this person that we're about to read about, how he stands out from everyone else that, that has ever lived, everyone else that has ever existed, anything that's been written about in literature, Jesus stands out among any superhero, if you will, or anyone else. And that's what we're really going to dive in today is who is this person that the writer of Hebrews is talking about? And what does it mean that Jesus is above everyone? You know, I think most of us would agree with that statement. If I had a microphone and I went around the room and I asked each of you as individuals, hey, is Jesus above everyone? I'm guessing the majority of us in this room, we would say, yeah, Jesus is above everyone. That makes sense. And we kind of know that, like we have that knowledge. I mean, especially here in Texas, most of us maybe grew up or we had some interaction with the church at some point. So we knew about this person named Jesus. We knew about the son of God and what he did. And so we have a working knowledge of that. But knowledge by itself doesn't do a lot in our life. See, knowledge is different than belief. And knowledge is you have the information. See, I know that junk food makes me fat, you guys. I know that. Have that knowledge, okay? I know that drinking soda will give me kidney stones, but Coca-Cola just tastes so good. Okay, I can't stay away from it. I watch all of those scary documentaries on Netflix, maybe you guys do too, where they show you how your food is made and you swear I will never eat fast food again. But then you do, right? Because you have that knowledge, you have the information, but it hasn't transferred yet into belief. And belief is different than knowledge. See, belief is this deep conviction It's this truth that gets a hold of your life that starts to work on the inside of you. And although knowledge is just information, belief begins to affect your behavior. See, when you truly believe something, it begins to affect how you operate and who you are and the behavior and the way that you live your life. And that's what the Hebrew writer is about to talk to us about. What we're going to look at is, hey, I know that you know Jesus is above everyone, but are you living like that? Have you taken that knowledge and has it moved from your head to your heart where it begins to affect your everyday life in the way that you're living this idea that Jesus is above everyone? Because although most of us would say that, we declare that, yes, Jesus is above everyone. We live differently many times. And we acknowledge, Jesus, you're the son of God. You're, you're the king. But when it comes to my finances, God, I need to maintain control of this. So Jesus, you've got all this spiritual stuff. Jesus, you handle the emotional stuff. You handle prayer. You handle worship. But when it comes to my finances, God, I'm going to tell you how I'm going to spend my money. Or there's others of us. Jesus, I know that you're Lord. I know that you're the son of God. Jesus, I know that you're above everyone. But when it comes to this area of my life, there's some habits that I just cannot let go of. I know your word says something differently, but I'm going to keep living like this. So it's like Jesus is above everyone, but only in certain areas of my life. Or how about this students, middle school, high school students in the room, we come into a place like this on Sunday mornings. We go to Wednesday night service. We go to camp this week. We sing these amazing songs that talk about the reckless love of God, that talk about how God is all powerful. And so we say that Jesus, you're above everyone. But then we get to school and we live a different way, don't we? We let our friends, we let relationships dictate how we're going to live our life. We allow our life to be shaped and molded by culture and by the media around us instead of allowing our life to be shaped by Jesus. And so it's like, Jesus, yes, you're above everyone. But the problem is I still have things that I want to keep control of that I still want to have a handle on. And so you can have these parts of my life, but not these parts. 
And this is what the Hebrew writer knew was an issue with the people that he's writing to and also an issue in our life. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to start at the very beginning, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, that's okay. There's a blue Bible in the seat in front of you, and you can turn to page 580. And I want to encourage everyone in the room to have um, a Bible out, whether it's on your smartphone or whether you grab one of those and turn to page 580. And we're going to look at this, what he is writing to these people, what he wants to encourage them with, with this idea, Jesus above everyone. And once you have that, go ahead and hold on to that for a moment. And I'll give us a little bit of a context of the book of Hebrews so we understand what we're reading. Most books in the New Testament, so the part um, with the life of Christ and after, we know who wrote them. But we really don't have a strong idea of who the writer of Hebrews is. He doesn't introduce himself like a lot of books will start, hey, this is Paul or you know, this is Luke or whoever it is, they'll, they'll introduce themselves, this is John. But Hebrews doesn't, doesn't give us an idea of who wrote this. But we do have somewhat of a context of who he was writing to. And whoever this author was, he was writing to Jewish Christians. And what I mean by that is these are people who understand the Jewish culture So they knew the rituals, they knew the Old Testament law, they knew the Ten Commandments, they knew all of these things, they were people that had offered, you know, sacrifices to be in right relationship with God, and then they had come to the place where they accepted Jesus in their life. Jesus, you're the salvation of my life, God, you're redeeming me. And then they had to wrestle with this idea of, what does that mean for me now? And what they continued to do is, they would go back to what was comfortable, Jesus, I know you were the ultimate sacrifice, but there's just these traditions, there's these things that I've known all of my life that I'm comfortable with, that are easy for me, and so they kept kept going back to them. Jesus, I know you're above all, but man, the law, just trying to follow these guidelines, these, these legalistic things, man, it makes my relationship really easy. I can just kind of check off the boxes. Okay, God, I did what was good. And and it's hard to really understand how do you have a right relationship with Jesus? And so they're wrestling with this. And although our situation may be slightly different, we do that, don't we? We go back to what's comfortable. We go back to what we've known. We go back to what's easy. And the writer of Hebrews is reminding us, but Jesus is above everyone. He's above everything. And so this is what it says, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So let me just pause right there as we're reading this. What's the writer of Hebrews saying? I mean, he doesn't start with this eloquent greeting, like, how are you doing? He doesn't kind of build up or fluff up the church. Hey, you guys are such amazing people. He gets right to the punch. He said, there's a problem. We used to hear God in this way, and you're still trying to do that. But now God is speaking to us through his son. Jesus is above everything. And so he cuts right to the chase and he says, hey, here's what I'm going to challenge you with is that you listen to the voice of Jesus, that you put Jesus above everything and everyone else in your life, that your focus is on Jesus. And so he said in these last days, God's spoken to us by his son. And then he goes on, whom he appointed heir of all things and whom also the whole universe was made. The son is the radiance of God's glory in the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after he had provided purification for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. 
Now, just a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting up in Dallas at a Starbucks and I'm working on this message and I'm reading this passage. I read it like three or four times and I just kind of got to the point of like, what else can I say? I mean, if I actually had a microphone, I could just drop it and walk off stage because if you really understand what the writer of Hebrew is saying, if you really believe who he's talking about and what he's just said as he describes Jesus, there is very little more that we could say, but I'm going to try to my best to do that this morning because he's, he wants them. I, I can imagine him pleading just kind of this strong desire in him. Like, do you understand who it is that I'm talking about? Do you understand who Jesus is? Like you start right there that, that he's the heir of all things. This is the son of God. This is not just an average man or woman that walked on this earth. This is the son of God. And this is the one who created air. Like he just goes down this long list one after another. And he's saying, I want to introduce you to who Jesus is. If you've forgotten, if you thought maybe he's just something you add to your life, I want you to have an understanding right as we start this letter exactly who Jesus is. That's where he goes. And you read this, and the first thing that just stood out to me is Jesus is above everyone because of who he is. That's where the writer of Hebrews starts. Jesus is above everyone because of who he is. That's the list that he gives us. This is the God of creation. This is the God that loves to create, and he loves to make things, and that's what he says. This is the one who's created the whole universe. By his very words, he's formed everything that we see around us. And the writer of Hebrews wants you to get that picture. Do you see him? The God who made, the God who created, the God who sustains everything simply by his spoken word. I don't know if you've ever had a moment where you step out of your house late at night and you look up at the stars and you see all of them. You can't count them. There's, there's so many when it's, you know, a clear night, but you can see all of those stars. And if you've ever paused and reflected, wait, God knows each one of them by name. He's placed them exactly where they should be. Or every fall, we take our family to the um, beach and standing there on the beach and the waves just continue to roll and to crash in and you're seeing the vastness of the ocean. Just as one person standing there, I look how big this thing is and God holds it all in place and he creates the boundaries for the water to go this far and no further. That's who he is. Or if you've ever been at the base of a mountain and you look up and you can't even see the peak and then to stop and realize, God, you're bigger than any of this. God, you're bigger than the world that we see. God, you're bigger than the stars. You're bigger than all of this. Jesus, this is who you are. You created all of this simply with your spoken word. That's what the writer of Hebrews wants you to see. He's above everyone simply because who he is. And it's not just that he's a creator, he's the representation of God. Like you look throughout history and there have been some great spiritual leaders, even in the Old Testament, what these Jewish people would have read, there was Moses, there were Elijah, there were all of these great prophets, great kings like David and Solomon and the writers saying, but they don't even compare to Jesus. The wisdom, the words that they spoke, they, they can't even compare to what it is that Jesus has done, who he is. See, Jesus is above everyone because of who he is. And that's what the writer of Hebrews wants us to see, that he sustained all things. I mean, that list could go on and on. There is no one else like him. And when you truly believe that, church, 
Not just when it's knowledge in your head, not when it's just, yes, I know that because I heard you know, a preacher say that or I heard someone talk about that, or I re-, but when it's not just knowledge, when it moves to your heart, when it becomes belief, it solicits a response from you. And I think one of the most appropriate responses is worship. It's pausing, it's stopping taking our eyes off of all of the problems, and we have problems in our life, and it's taking our eyes off all of the distractions, and there's so many things to distract us, and it's pausing in moments in our life, in our week, in our day, and just saying, God, you're bigger. You're greater. It's who you are, God. There's no one else like you. It's when I stop just looking at myself and my world, and I take my eyes, and I focus them in on who Jesus is because I start to realize who you really are, God, and what you're able to do, and who you are as a person, your characteristics, God, it's beyond anything I can imagine. Jesus, you're above everyone because I truly see you for who you are. And I think days and weeks where I'm not doing that is I've lost sight of him, church. You and I, we can lose sight of him. We can get so busy. We can get so caught up with other things that we don't stop and worship, that we don't pause to say, thank you, God, I have breath in my lungs today. The nether day that you've given me today is a gift. We don't stop and say, God, thank you for your salvation because my life was broken. My life was jacked up, God, and yet you forgave me. God, you brought forgiveness. Jesus, thank you for the cross because I should have been there. I should have died. God, that should have been my punishment. And Jesus, you took my place. We forget to stop and worship because we forget that Jesus is above everyone. We forget who he is and what that means inside of our life. But church, that should be a daily practice. You and I, we should have moments every day where we pause and where we reflect on the goodness of God. It's why we come in here once a week on a Sunday morning and we sing songs. It's not because we just kind of got together and thought, how can we fill up an hour? Like, what could we possibly do for the time that you're sitting here? No, there's something powerful with different voices. Some of us can sing good, some of us can't, right? but the good people kind of drowned us out. But we lift up our voice, and for a few moments just together, we're singing about the goodness of God, the love of God. See, that's worship. It's recognizing who you are, Jesus. We're pausing and we're reflecting on who you are. It's why in a few weeks, we're gonna do that once a day for a whole week. And so on July 9th through the 14th at 7 a.m. in the morning for an hour, and at 7 p.m., we're just gonna have a week of praying and worshiping together. And some of those prayer times, someone will be up here leading, we'll be singing other prayer times, we'll be lifting up God, we'll be bringing concerns and different needs that we have in our life, we'll be praying, but all of that is to bring the focus back on God and say, Jesus, we pause and we remember who you are. We remember your goodness. See, we need times like that in our life. We need moments as a church, and I believe God's gonna do something powerful through this week of prayer personally in our lives as we set aside time every day to come together and say, God, we focus in on you. God, we're declaring your goodness. God, we're looking and focusing in on who you are. But it's not only who Christ is, but it's also what he has done. So if you still have your Bibles open, turn to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17. This is just a few um, verses down from that. You may have to flip over the page. Hebrews 2, 17. And the writer of Hebrews goes on talking about who Jesus is and why he is above everyone. And this is what he says, Hebrews 2, 17. Therefore, Jesus had to be made like his brothers in every respect 
so that he might become merciful and a faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Now, what's the writer of Hebrews saying here? Is he saying Jesus is above everyone because of what he has done? He is the son of God. And yet being fully God, he decided to become fully man and he wrapped himself up in flesh. He was born of a virgin. He was born here on this earth. And the writer of Hebrews is reminding us he's walked through everything that we've walked through. And so if you've ever been in a moment and you've ever been tempted to sin, if you've ever been tempted to say, God, I want to do things my own way, Jesus faced that same temptation and yet he came out victorious. There's no one else like him. No one else had the right to go to the cross and carry the weight of the sins of the world because we're all flawed, we're all broken people, we're all messed up, and yet Jesus was perfect. He was righteous because he was the son of God, and so he went to the cross. And that fancy word in the middle of that verse there, propitiation, it simply means Christ took your place. He was the substitute sacrifice for you and for me. He stood there when we should have suffered for our sin. Christ stepped in and he took the punishment. He took the blame for us so that we could be restored back into a right relationship with God. And this is what the writer is saying, not just who he is, but what he has done. Look at what Christ has done. We're gonna talk about this because the writer goes more in depth about how Jesus is above our sin. And so in a few weeks, we're gonna to touch on this, but I want you to get that picture. It's because of what he has done. He stood in our place and he took our sacrifice. He took our sin upon himself. And that's why what he has done is so powerful. The last thing that the Hebrew writer gives us is Hebrews chapter three, verses three through six. This is how he ends kind of this section talking about who Jesus is and what this means. He says, for Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. As much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now, Moses was faithful in all of God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house. And if you have your Bibles, you can underline that. Christ is faithful over God's house, and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. What is the writer saying there? He's saying Jesus is over everyone because he's over us. Because he's over us. This is not some God that's just out in the cosmos, kind of kicked back and he's watching everything go and he's kind of speaking those things. No, the writer of Hebrews saying, Jesus is the builder of this house and you're the house that he is building. You're the thing that he is working on. You're his masterpiece. And Jesus is intimate. He's personally connected with each and every one of our lives. He's at work inside of us. And so this is not just some distant God out there. When we talk about him being over everyone, that's not just some theological statement that's kind of out there in the distant. No, it's something that's deeply personal. God wants to work and direct and control your life. You're the house that Christ is building. You're the one that he is over. You're the masterpiece that he's creating. And so many times we miss this factor. We think, yes, God, you're out there. You're in the distant, Lord. You're, you're somewhere out there and you're controlling the world. But it's not just that. He wants to work inside of your life. And this is what many of us do. Jesus, I recognize you're above everyone, 
and yet we invite him in. Hey, God, can you help me with this? God, can you make my life happier? Jesus, can you help me make good decisions? We treat him like a life coach or someone that's there just to encourage us, kind of pick us up on our bad days. And if you read the opening description that the writer of Hebrews gives us, no, this is the creator. This is the one who reigns supreme. This is the one who made everything through his word. This is the representation of God. He's the picture of who God is. That's what we're looking at with Jesus. And someone like that church, I'm here to tell you, that's not just a good life coach. That's not just someone to encourage you. That's a king over your life. You don't just invite him to help you out. You don't just invite him to add something else to your life. It's an act of surrender of God. You have everything that I have. God, you have total control over my life. You can tell me what to do because I recognize who you are, that you're above everyone, not just out there in the distance somewhere, but God, you're above everyone because you're over me. You're close, you're intimate, you're right here with me. He's that builder of the house. He's the one that's directing us. I see this in my own family. Every a couple of Saturdays a month, we do what we call Super Saturday in the Escamilla household. And it's not fun. I know it sounds fun. We try to come up with a creative name, but that means that we clean the entire house. We do this all the time. And after about 30 minutes, the kids will start to complain. Why are we doing this? Dad, are we having people over today? And I'm like, no, we just don't want to be pigs, okay? We want to keep a clean house. And it slips their mind every time. And then they'll start complaining and whining. Why do we have to do this? This is so boring. This isn't fair. Why are we cleaning? And then I pull out the dad card. Hey, my name is on the title of this house, okay? I own this house. And so as long as I own this house, there is a level of cleanliness that we will keep here. And one day you'll own a house or you'll have an apartment or you'll have something and you can decide how you want to keep that. But as long as I'm the owner of this house, I'm going to decide how we're keeping this. And it's like that in our life, that Jesus has stepped into the picture and some of us are still trying to keep control. Jesus stepped into our life, and some of us think, well, yeah, Christianity, it's just something I add to make my life a little bit better. And he's saying, no, I'm the king. I'm over everyone. I'm above everyone, and I'm over you in your life. I'm the director of this house. I'm the one that's guiding you. And when we see that church, it should be an act of surrender of God. I'm not trying to keep control, but Lord, I trust you with everything that I have, God. You can direct me. You can guide me. You can speak whatever you want to over my life because you're the king. And that's why we open up scripture. That's why we read God's word. That's why we're doing a reading plan that you're going to get as you leave today is because we want our lives to be shaped by God's word. That's why when you walk in every single Sunday, you see that banner hanging there in the hall in that picture frame that says scripture shapes our life. Why? Because we're not in control. We're listening to the word of God and he's directing us. He is the king over our life. That's what the writer of Hebrews wants to get us to. Do you see this? Jesus is over everything and we respond by surrendering and by saying, God, direct me, guide me with your words. Lord, let me see what it is that you want for my life. This is how the writer of Hebrews starts. Church, not just do you know, but do you believe he is above everyone? Do you believe that? Is it shaping your behavior? Do you see who he really is? Do you see the amazingness of who Jesus is? Do you see the power of what he has done when he stepped in our place? And are you allowing that to affect your life? 
Are you surrendering control and saying what he wrote in Hebrews 3? Yes, Jesus, you're over this house. You're over this house, God. You have the right to speak into my life. You're over me.